What is going on, everybody? The band is back together finally live on a Friday night for the first time. And I literally don't remember how long it is back to be here. I would say 75% healthy. I still have a pretty bad cough, so you guys are going to have to deal with uh, with me throughout the night. But I am back, Rick Uccino, SP3 here as always. And we have the uh, legend himself, Dutch Mantel, here, and he says he's ready to bitch, and he's got his his, his bitch and coffee mug there ready to I go. I see that. Can you read that? Yeah, I, I, I did see that. You're, yeah. See? Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Absolutely love it. We got three hours of professional wrestling that we got to jam pack down into 45 minutes. Guys, make sure to get your comments in. We'll try to get to as many of them as we can. Appreciate everybody who is in the chat so far, Ozzy and Chris. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Is Ozzy uh, here? Ozzy is here. Ozzy is always here. Ozzy yeah. has to be here to tell us when the show's over and when it's time to start this program. We appreciate okay. Ozzy. What is going on, Safet and King and everybody else who's diving into the chat? So much to get into tonight. Uh, a lot has been set up for uh, Survivor Series War Games. We now have the men's match in its entirety. It's going to be the Bloodline versus Team Brawling Brutes. A lot of mystery surrounding whoever the uh, the fifth man was going to be in this matchup. SP3, there were reports that Kevin Owens had, had suffered an injury at a house show and he might possibly be out uh, of Survivor Series. He was the most logical choice. He looked pretty damn good to me when he showed up tonight, and I could not be happier. He is the most logical. He is the best choice for this match. I don't know how you cannot be jacked up for Survivor Series War Games with these two teams the way that they have been uh, presented, have the, they have been built up. These guys are going to beat the holy hell out of each other uh, oh, next weekend. Excuse me. We got full gear this weekend, Survivor Series next weekend. I loved the entire setup uh, for this from the opening segment all the way to the close of the show. I thought the chaos at the close of the show was spectacular leading up to uh, Kevin Owens appearing Roman Reigns coming down to the ring during that melee, like a total freaking badass, just laying dudes out. I loved everything about this between these two teams. And this match is just going to rule ass. Uh, the, the main event of Butch versus Sami Zayn was a really good matchup. Those guys meshed very well with each other. And then the final, the, the, the closing angle was just money. That's how you book an angle to set up your main event for a big show like Survivor Series to set up war games. Kevin Owens just makes so much sense with his history with not only Sami Zayn, but his history with Roman Reigns being that kind of first real challenger uh, that Roman Reigns had that he really put him over in that feud. I thought they could have gotten more out of Kevin Owens as a babyface then. I'm glad they've gone back to it now, and I'm excited for war games coming out of this show. I can't remember the last time I said the words I'm excited for Survivor Series because it has been such a, a lackluster event for the last few years for me. Like you, you do the whole battle of brand supremacy, which nobody cared about because most of the rosters had been shuffled by the draft just weeks beforehand. Dutch, this is how you build up to Survivor Series. And in, in, in my opinion, they got me invested in this match. I'm, I'm ready to see it. What did you guys what did you think personally about the setup for all of this? And what are you expecting out of this match uh, next weekend? This is this when I saw Sami Zayn go head to head with Kevin. Is the is the setup, and I think we may see out of this <clears throat> actually the the turn of Sami Zayn out of this. It'd be a perfect setup for it, and they set it up well. And we didn't see Roman to the entire show which was good, and it, it didn't really, I mean, it, it, I've, I've seen this a hundred times. So, but they set it up good, and they carried it through, and of course my brain is going in a different direction, but the spot for me was when Zane and Kevin Owens come, came face to face. But they didn't touch, didn't say anything. But you're saying, okay, there it is. It's a, it's a precursor to what they're going to have this Saturday or, or Saturday uh, a, a week from now. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole show, really, except for the girls' match. And we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, we, we will definitely get into that. 
Um, I really, I really think that they just did a lot of the little things right with this stuff, especially like from the opening segment to the backstage segment to the closing segment, like the opening segment with Sami Zayn saying that, you know, he's guaranteeing he he puts his status as the honorary ooze up if they don't win at war games. So that sets up the perfect reason, like Dutch said, for Roman Reigns to kind of just say, okay, enough of the Sami Zayn nonsense. If they don't win war games, he has his reason to finally kick him out. Yeah, and look, you you had the the reports came out that that Triple H was kind of putting off Kevin Owens' involvement in all of this because what Sami Zayn has been doing with the Bloodline has been so money. Um, now that they have brought Kevin Owens into the fold, you have to think that whatever the storyline progression involving KO and the bloodline and Sammy, it's going to start to move here uh, and probably starting with survivor series war games. And for the bloodline, it's all about getting onto the same page, which they are not on. The only reason once again, that Sammy Zayn lost tonight is because of all the chaos that was going out of the way. He's going for the Huluva kick. Then all of a sudden, of course it's Jay Uso who backs up into his way. He gets, uh, you know, breaks up, the moment there and then butch is able to, to steal the victory uh to move on to the semifinals of the uh, world cup which is shaping up to be a pretty good tournament by the way uh which we'll dive more into that uh later on but uh, i absolutely did enjoy the open to this uh, again this this match uh is, is going uh to bang uh by the way uh special start time next week got a couple of announcements here before we move on a couple of announcements special start time next week we'll be on at 1005 because Rampage is going to be on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We had that announcement tonight. So we can all watch Rampage on Black Friday at 4 o'clock. That'll end at 5. Take a nice three-hour break. Get some dinner. SmackDown will be on at 8 o'clock. And then we'll be on at 10.05 as soon as SmackDown comes to an end. Uh, we will also be changing channels, guys, uh, starting this week. You can still watch us. For those of you who are watching us on Facebook, you're cool. You're golden. We're still going to be here on the main sports key to wrestling uh, Facebook channel. But for those of you who typically watch us on YouTube, we are going to be switching over to our sister channel, which is wrestle binge by sports Kita. Uh, so if you have not subscribed to wrestle binge by sports Kita, all one word wrestle binge there, uh, make sure to go over there, hit the subscribe button, turn the notifications on. Uh, so you know where to find us uh, when, uh, when we do go live next week. At 10.05. Uh, talked about the, the World Cup matchup. Main event. Great. Butch moves on with a, a little bit of an assist to, to Jey Uso. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, obviously helps set up everything for Survivor Series War Games. Then we had the opening matchup tonight, which was Ali and Ricochet. Uh, a battle of two dudes who have mutual respect for one another. Ali selling the damage, SP3, of what we saw from Lashley on Monday Night Raw. A lot of spots to like in this match. I love the backstabber off the top rope, but Ali does eat another loss after taking a shooting star press from the standing position, which is not easy to do. Some impressive stuff in this matchup tonight. I get. I used to do it. I used to do it. The shooting but star press it, or the taking. No, I, I, took standing it, I took it on my knees though. I was I was only halfway up, and I. <laughs> No, it was a good match. It was a, and a great move. Rick is mister, see? He needs this laugh. You're, you're making him cough. You're making him, yeah, you're making the, him the die. The more I talk that. and the more I cough, the laugh, uh, the more I cough, which is detrimental uh, for, for my job. But I'm here. I'm trying to work my way through it because I've missed so much time over the last <laughs> uh, few weeks. I understand, SP3, what they're, they're attempting to do with Ali here, right? He is the, he's the underdog with the heart of gold. He's never going to give up. He's lost to Lashley twice, but he's never tapped out uh, to the hurt lock. He has passed out both times. He went through with this match, had the, the nice exchange with uh, Ricochet in the trainer's room where he says, hey, look, if I'm breathing, I'm fighting tonight. All right, that, that's all I need. I know I'm banged up. At the end of the day, though, he's got to start winning some matches at, at, at some point during this run if people are going to, to start to care about him. Dude, does he not at some point have to start winning some matches? It seems very much like the Triple H play. I mean, the uh, Vince McMahon playbook of how to book a underdog babyface to beat him into the ground until he is so sympathetic. The fans have to cheer for him, and then eventually he'll get a win or two, 
and we'll, we'll, we'll try to save face here. But it never really works out that well, unless your name is Brian Danielson, <laughs> unless your name is Daniel Bryan. It's never really worked out well with those underdog baby phases that they beat into the ground. I will say tonight was the best presentation of Mustafa Ali. He came off like the underdog valiant baby face they've been trying to portray him as on Monday Night Raw. I thought the backstage segment in the trainer's room was very well done and then him and ricochet just have amazing chemistry together and gave us a hell of a tv matchup to start off the show and really made made the world cup tournament it didn't matter what happened in butch and Sami Zayn. i was like i'm okay with the world cup tournament because it gave me ricochet versus mustafa ali but butch and Sami Zayn was also good so i enjoyed this here i enjoyed the presentation of mustafa ali i like ricochet getting the win here so Everything tonight was good, but overall, yeah, Mustafa Ali, I don't, I don't see his future doing that well. He he's not getting. Oh, I, don't, I think he hurt himself tonight with with that performance against Ricochet. Hey, how many times have we seen a guy go out there and just get just lose and lose and lose? Hey, Ricochet was doing that three months ago, losing every time out. You could pick the winner. So but at least if they're a fighter, I mean, they got a chance. And I, I don't think either one of them, I think both of them gained tonight with that match. I, I really do. They told a great story. He went out there. He fought uh, with his ribs hurt and kept selling them. Yes. Because that was what I was looking for. I said, okay, his ribs are hurt, but will he sell it? And he did. Actually, I thought Ricochet was selling his ribs more than the other guy was for a while, but it was a good match, good finish. And I think Ricochet, if he'd have leaned over and checked on him right after that finish, are you okay, buddy? Are you okay? It would have been fine. I mean, it, it was six of one, half dozen of the other, but very good match. I don't think either one of them got harmed by this. Yeah. And I, I, I noticed the same thing as well. I mentioned the, um, the backstabber off the top rope and it's like, you had all of Ricochet crashing down on all of Mustafa Ali with that move, and Ali immediately like doubled over in pain after he came off the top rope, selling the rib injury because yeah, well one that's going to hurt regardless. Uh, but if you have a rib injury, uh, yeah, you want to sell the hell out of that. And and Ali does everything very very well. He yeah. is a he is a well rounded performer. Um, I hope eventually this does help to get him over. At some point, he needs to pick up some wins, though. At some point. I do want to bounce around here because we're talking about the World Cup tournament. The semifinals have now been set. Uh, and Ricochet, SP3, is going to be taking on Braun Strowman. Now, this is the matchup that many of us wanted to see based off of the actions of Mr. Strowman on Twitter. And I think, more importantly, they're making that canon now. You had Ricochet come in here and say... <laughs> You know, the, the flippy flippers line, don't overlook the flippy flippers, your words, not mine. And then Michael Cole even said, oh, don't worry, folks, we're going to dive into that more next week. But the way that they booked Braun Strowman tonight, particularly in that, that six-man tag team match, where Gunther was running from Braun Strowman tonight, I don't know how I feel about that. I hate it. But this definitely has to set up Strowman as the favorite to win the world cup at this point, And maybe even the guy who's going to take the intercontinental championship off of Gunther. I, I think the WWE, they, they had a good angle here in this six man tag with, uh, you know, Braun basically kind of no selling or eating the chop. I think that was effective enough in showing that Braun is a different type of animal than what, uh, you know, Gunther has faced in the past. That's all they really needed to do. The running away from from Braun Strowman, that is so against Gunther's character. Yeah. It goes against everything that makes Gunther Gunther that I was just like, okay, you you had you had the right step in this six-man tag, and then you just kept taking more steps. And I was like, no, you went too far here in going away from Gunther's character. I think the six-man tag was a lot of fun. It was good for New Day to get a win, the yes. win here, to pick up some momentum following their loss against the Usos last week. 
I, I I like the fact that they set up something here with Braun and Gunther since Braun is the favorite to win the World Cup. I like all of those things, but this is another one where I'm just like, I don't know what you did long term here of what you may have done to Gunther's character if this is how a feud between <laughs> Gunther and Braun is going to look. I don't want to see it. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's saying uh, Gunther looked weak uh, and such. Yeah, you apparently agree there. Gunther backing away from Stro Stroham or Stro or Stroganoff or whatever his name is. Strowman. Yeah. I mean, why would you let why would you let him all of a sudden go from being the dominant figure that he is, standing up to Seamus and and all of a sudden he's running from what's his name again? Stro Stroham. Stroham. Call whatever you want, Dutch. Stroganoff Stro is good. I don't I didn't get that at all. I mean, I, I didn't see why they just didn't have a, a regular match and then just have them come face to face. I mean, they left nothing to the. Why would Gunther run? He's not afraid of anybody. I, I think what they were going for here, and I think they overdid it. Like having him back, not run away, but having him. Where'd he go? Did he freeze? He, I think I he think, did freeze. I think I think the the Gunther the Gunther marks are not anyway. happy with with Rick right now. But yeah, it was it was just going too far into that direction with Gunther running away. I think backing away would have been fine, but the running away it just felt over the top. Don't you think? Dutch? Oh, absolutely. I mean, hey, I'm a big fan of Gunther. I think there's a ton and ton and a ton of money going that guy's direction. But tonight, to have him run away, and I don't know whose idea that was, unless that, that is some kind of plan that we're not aware of. But yet, if I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it tonight like a fan, I'm like, wait a minute. Why is he running from the monster of all monsters? Or I, I didn't get it. Maybe he's coming back. Maybe he's not. I don't know. You want to go ahead a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we could talk more about about this uh, part of the the show a little bit before Rick comes back here. But yeah, I don't I don't know why why they would do that. But do you think that Braun is going to be the person to win the World Cup and defeat uh, at least make it to the finals next week and defeat Ricochet? Well, I think he'll make I think he'll make the finals. And who's the other, who's he going to face in the finals? Uh, the he would face the winner of Butch versus Santos Escobar next week. That's a shitty matchup. Really, it is. I mean, you know he's going to win. Then <clears throat> I don't know. I think I think uh, Butch is going to have the bloodline cost him, and then Santos Escobar will go to the finals against Braun Strowman. Well, I don't think it's a. Uh... I don't think that's a compelling match. No. I don't know. So what followed, <clears throat> what followed this abortion? <laughs> well, let me let me uh look up look look here. So I know the the order of everything because I wasn't I wasn't prepared for this. I was I was in the in the analyst position, not the uh quarterback position here. Uh but let me look at my notes here. Uh so after the whole uh Ricochet and Mustafa Ali match. Uh, we went into the locker room. That's when we had uh, Jay Uso yelling at Sammy for speaking on behalf of the bloodline. Sammy said he doesn't understand what he did wrong, and Jimmy shuts them all up, reminding them that they have to be on the same page and that Roman was on his way. And Jimmy then says uh, they'll just have to uh, basically figure out who is going to be the fifth member of the opposing team in war games. And they we saw some of that throughout the night. They tried to go back Backstage, and they questioned Carrie and Cross. What did you think about the backstage segment first with the bloodline, and then the kind of the search for the fifth member with them interacting with Carrie and Cross, who said that he will he will let Dutch know uh, he will let them know <laughs> when he's going after the uh, Roman Reigns and the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Well, <clears throat> I think it was a good a good follow through on the show, and. Uh... I mean, I'm, I'm, you, you, to me, I thought the whole, I'm going to, I'll break it all down into this. The first hour was good. 
the second hour left a little bit to be desired, I think. Uh, the part that I like the best, and you hadn't gotten there yet, <clears throat> is the Bray Wyatt part. And that was actually pretty compelling to watch. It was slow and not a, no commentary to it. And I, I like this because the fans themselves are given time to think. And I, I thought it was really, really, really good. The only thing I didn't like about it is when they closed in on Bray Wyatt's eyes at the very end. They should have left it right at that spot then and then went to commercial. But then, but what they ended up doing was going to the desk with Stu and uh, uh, Michael Cole. Kind of broke the spell, I think. But if they'd have left it there, that'd been a perfect spot to leave it. And uh, what do you think about the part with L.A. Knight? Well, let's talk about uh, that because you kind of just you you kind of just went into it without telling them what what actually happened. So it was basically Bray Wyatt. He came out for a promo and uh, he said he wanted to apologize for to L.A. Knight for what happened last week when he headbutted him. L.A. Knight came out. He was talking and said that you know since he wants to apologize, that's why he's out here. He extends uh, his hand. Bray Wyatt extends his hand to L.A. Knight to apologize. L.A. Knight slaps him, uh, and Bray Wyatt tells him that you have to think about the next thing you do may change your entire life. So he tries to shake L.A. Knight's hand again, and L.A. Knight slaps him once again. The first slap, he said that they were even, and then the second slap, he said two for one special. Then we see L.A. Knight later in the night trying to leave the building in a hurry. He has a interview with the backstage interviewer, and behind him, we see the uh, Bray Wyatt mask, the Fiend mask behind him, kind of uh, luring in the darkness when he turns around it disappears and then when we come back from commercial la night is laid out on the floor backstage with chairs tables all <laughs> debris on top of him and i i agree with you the the first part the part in the ring the the best part about it was bray wyatt's reaction to getting slapped twice i thought that these two guys have great instant chemistry with one another but what did you think overall of la night's performance with the in-ring with bray and then his backstage stuff i i liked it i think they the worst thing they could have done is have them do something physical because that takes it back to what i mean that's not bray wyatt's style yeah because he has to work himself now we're seeing that he's working working himself into his own frame of mind and he's going to a different realm and that will get over after a while if you just see him just whatever he does now he's getting he's getting in the in the stance he needs to be in in the frame that he needs to be in and that will get over that's why i'm saying when they closed in on his eyes you don't know where he is but you know he's not there he's somewhere else and then when they cut to the desk to me that kind of broke the spell i mean it didn't kill it but it, it it broke the spell that they were portraying on, on screen, but it was it, it was good, very good. No, I get what you're talking about. I really did think that they were gonna like cut to black, cut to black, yeah, cut to commercial I, at that point, and then when they went to commentary, it did throw uh, it throw I, it off a little bit. I was kind of getting into it. I went, you know, they did kind of kept pushing in, pushing in, and but all of a sudden, Michael Cole, I go, oh, what the hell? It's like I was having a dream and I woke up. But hey, we got we got a. I don't think Rick will be with us. Yeah, he had. he said something. He just sent us a, a note, ladies and gentlemen, that says that his whole system is fried. Gee, as soon as you said there that, he is. there he is. He's a liar. Not only Sweet is he, he tap dancing, can't keep his computer running. He's a liar. I just want to do my job. Why is everything like in the last six weeks? Just my, my, what happened was my surge protector fried out of nowhere. I heard a pop and then every, my entire electrical system went down. Luckily I keep a lot, an extra in my laptop bags. So it only took me a few minutes there to get everything reset up and, 
and fired back up. It's like, geez, I just want to do my damn job. Where did we leave off, guys? What did I miss? Uh, we were what? talking about Bray Wyatt and his interaction with uh, LA, LA Knight. Knight. I it was it. very good. The I love everything it. about that. But the only thing I found that I didn't like is at the very end, when you know they 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 closed in on Bray's face, and nobody was saying nothing, and all of a sudden, I thought they would have went to commercial then, but then they went back to the desk, and I was telling Sid I, that kind of broke the spell for me. But it was very well done. Yeah, uh, Bray had the look of somebody who was about to commit premeditated murder. Uh, I did not know that it was going to happen tonight, uh, but that that entire thing progressed very, very well. They were able to carry multiple segments with that. Um, this is this this is a pairing, LA Knight and and Bray Wyatt that um, didn't even cross my mind as a as a possibility or something that they would do, especially right off the bat. But now that they are doing it, I'm I'm in love with this. I loved uh, L.A. Knight having the balls to smack him twice, even after Bray looked him in the eye and said, "Hey, the next the next decision that you are going to make is going to affect the rest of your life." And L.A. Knight was like, okay, whatever, and smacked him across the face. And then immediately after we did that, we saw Uncle Howdy flash on the on the big screen. Uncle Howdy looking over everything, whether it's a, somebody else or an alter ego, the evil side of Bray Wyatt, we don't know yet. But the fact that he was lurking there was great. And then they flash forward to L.A. trying to hightail it out of the arena while still acting like a tough guy. And then we see the Uncle Howdy mask in the background. That was brilliant. And then we just come back and yeah, there it was. LA Knight was just flat out murdered. Uh, just uh, everything from a beer keg to pallets to this, then the other thing just thrown over his lower extremities. Um, I, I hope these guys meet at Survivor Series. That looks like a kind of beating though that's going to uh, <laughs> write LA Knight off of off the screen for a while. But man, the, <laughs> the entire interaction between these two has been absolute gold so far for me. We agree. <laughs> all right. Uh, is did the, the uh, Bray Wyatt LA Knight? Is that all that, that I have missed so far? Yes. Yes. Uh, we're up to the whole Madcap and uh, Karrion Cross stuff. Okay. So Madcap and Karrion Cross. Um, this was simple storytelling tonight. It all depends on whether or not it was your your cup of tea. You do have Emma, um, who I do believe is actually dating Madcap in real life. So this is a another real life couple that they're trying to bring to the screen. Although I don't think the casual audience knows that they're dating. So it'd be kind of nice for them to, to tell people that. Cause right now it just looks like Emma is, is smitten with madcap, but she gives him a bit of advice in this, this rematch with carrying cross, which I think it makes sense that he would want after cross beat the hell out of him and choked him out three weeks ago and, and didn't let go madcap told by MSA. Hey, look, you're faster than this guy. Use your speed. She was right. And he used that to, to gain the early advantage before the numbers game caught up with him, he ends up in the cross jacket and is passed out again. And then we get uh, Emma coming down uh, to to well, not make the save, but just to check on Madcap and make sure that he was okay. Said so this seems to be seems to be that we might be setting up a uh, an intergender tag match uh, down the line, or at the very least, Emma versus Scarlet. As Scarlet has now cost Madcap two matches two matches against Carrying Cross. Simple storytelling depends on if it's your cup of tea. Judging by your face, you're not you're you're not digging this. I mean, I I just think it's 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 quite uh, fascinating and amazing that Triple H has made someone feel like just another member of the roster in a quicker fashion than he did hit row. But Emma feels like she's been here for a few years now and she just came back two weeks ago. <laughs> like, I would have thought that she'd been here for a while with the story that they've given her. This is the first real story she's getting upon her return. You would think that she's Natalia. Like, you could interchange her with anyone in this story um but i mean the match was kind of just there these two guys don't have like the best matches with each other i think madcap moss he did work hard and he always works hard he's a really he 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 puts in an effort in the ring so i'll give him credit for that but it was kind of just there for me i'm not really interested in this dutch any of this do anything for you tonight 
I didn't like it. I couldn't tell based off of the long pause there. I don't feel anything between these two. Sid, do you? No. no for me, there's no chemistry. And Emma going in there, yeah, it can lead to something else. But it's going to lead to another we law. Saw her, lead we, to. Saw, we saw her earlier with with Madcap. She was cheering him on. And to see her at the end was, you know, a good top off to that, a, a peak to that. But I mean, I don't think it helps Cross at all. I don't think it helps either one of them. It was just a, it was just a, a, a match. It's a huge I mean, not, drop not off. Is going to, not everything is going to pop everybody. So we'll have to see what they do with uh, Cross uh, coming up. But I, hey, I'm not a big fan of Cross. I'm a bigger, much bigger fan of Scarlet than I am of Cross. Which is and fair. Rick, you okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying Rick, to. Make you don't have to get so mad that you kick your own. Electrical equipment. I didn't touch a damn thing. It just blew. I don't know. I do have a space heater plugged in, so that was probably what what, what sparked. Oh, okay, Rick, we believe in you. I, believe I, I I hope. I'm I'm glad somebody uh, believes in me here. Yeah, this this is definitely not what I was hoping that they would do with Emma upon her return. I wanted her back in the company. She's obviously very talented. There is a a big role that she could have. In the women's, she could, especially when you look at the SmackDown women's division, she could be a major player on it. But yeah, can. to come back, she gets the, the open challenge match against Ronda Rousey. Good match. Great way to reintroduce her. And then immediately she starts chasing a guy around backstage. That's uh, that's not exactly what I, I wanted to see uh, out of this. We'll see if it. Misogynism. If it, we'll see if it leads anywhere. So, did we get to uh, Shotzi uh, wrestling tonight against yeah, Shane Baszler? Go there. What were your thoughts on the match between uh, Shotzi and uh, Shayna Baszler tonight, there, Dutch? Oh, that, that sucked. That Shotzi is not as good as I thought she was. It looks like I don't know. I just didn't like that match at all. It, the finish was actually better than the match because it leads somewhere. It leads to them Ronda Rousey beating the crap out of her next week. Yeah, the the thing that I that bugged me about this match SP three was it was multiple multiple spots of dumb babyface syndrome. It's like any time that Ronda Rousey even breathed on the ring, Shotzi was taking her uh, attention away from Shayna Baszler and was immediately up in the face of uh, of Ronda Rousey. And this this is something that it bothers me when literally anybody does it just keep your damn eye on your opponent who cares if ronda rousey has her arm on the ring or puts her knee on the on the ring apron and then it was contagious because then Shayna baszler caught it when raquel rodriguez's music hit which allowed shotzi to pick up the win in the first damn place i don't think this really did anything for anybody tonight this was space filler is what it was yeah this match was not very good I, that's all I could say after this match was done. I was like, well, that wasn't very good. Um, so, yeah, it was not not laid out pro- uh, properly with Ronda doing a 1,001 interference spots in a three-minute match. The person who looked the best coming out of it was the person who came out in the last 20 seconds, Raquel Rodriguez. Like, it was just so bad, and it was just like, uh, wh- how did you think this would make Shotzi look good going into Survivor Series? And I agree with I agree with Dutch. I think that her work is not uh, as smooth as you would expect for someone who's getting this big of a spot at a pay-per-view that they are trying to kind of rebuild to be an important show for them. Survivor Series and Ronda Rousey needs kind of the first challenger to be good. Uh, doesn't paint a good picture for what we're going to see in Boston next Saturday. Yeah, I, look, I thought last week, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't do the show. I thought Shotzi was definitely an interesting choice uh, for, for this matchup, especially if it was going to be taking place at Survivor Series. I'm not against giving her the opportunity whatsoever, but this was um, this was not a good a good step tonight uh, from whoever put the match together. Say it, Rick. The match sucked. It did, but it, I'm not putting it all on the performers. I think, you know, the, you know, whoever, produ- whoever produced it 
stop oh, no, the no, no, baby no. face syndrome crap. Don't like, go. The producer is just. He's just calling the play. They got to run the play. They didn't run the play well. Yeah. I and mean, play yeah, but if the play all sucks, it's not going to matter that. either. I got uh, the play was. It wasn't a good play, but they even messed up a bad play worse to make it worse. <laughs> I mean, everything about this was was not good tonight. It was not a great first step. Yeah, see, uh, and and talking say that instead of blaming the producer, see what you did. You blamed the producer. But yeah, the producer is to blame for this too. Yeah, every everybody deserves blame for for tonight. And talk about last week. I think that uh, Shotzi was the only choice in that match because we have seen that that match eighty six different times. And literally, Shotzi as a babyface is the only match we haven't seen against Ronda out of the choices that were available that are actually they are actually care about because they don't care about Zia Lee. Zia Lee yeah. would be fresh, but they don't care about her. So Shotzi was the only choice. Okay. Yeah. I agree with and, that. I mean, especially when you bring in Emma straight off the street and then give her a title match like her, her first night there. I mean, it almost, I think maybe it almost would have been better to give Shotzi the open challenge and then build toward Emma and, and Ronda, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm second guessing. We'll, we'll see. There, you got another week here. We'll see how Shotzi performs at their Survivor Series. Again, I'm not against her getting the opportunity. Uh, let's move on to uh, Rampage tonight, which Dutch apparently was not a fan of, but this did start off hot. Uh, we had Ricky Starks, who was half-dressed, uh, still in his dress pants and his shoes and wearing a, uh, a New Jersey Devils uh, uh, jersey going up against uh, Lance Archer. This was a brawl backstage uh, in the crowd area six minutes worth until the match actually started you had your, your classic David versus Goliath type style here. I love the finish to this match SP three where Ricky using his speed, the crisscross, he hits the spear, but not only does he hit the spear, he he's able to like roll through and do kind of like a combo sunset flip and, and able to pin Lance's leg down, which allows him to get the three count. Great. He wins the match. But he lost the war tonight. We get Brian Cage, his former Team Taz partner, coming down. They're going to face off in the uh, semifinals tomorrow night in the Eliminator Tournament. Um, Lance Archer losing another big match. He was pissed. He choke slams Sammy onto the edge of the steel steps to close the segment out. Good win. Bad night for uh, Ricky Starks tonight. But the line of the match was Jim Ross saying the steps didn't sell a damn thing. <laughs> that was the line of the match. I actually stopped the play, and I said, what did he say when he back? So them steps didn't sell a damn thing. Oh, I busted out. I had, I had to laugh. That was, that, was, line, that, that was the line of the night. That was the line of the night and what was an otherwise uh, pretty rough night for, for commentary. It seemed like everybody was tripping over themselves uh, tonight, and it started off with Jim Ross saying it's Wednesday uh, when it was Friday, like right out of the gate. Everybody just had a, an off night tonight. Uh, and when in doubt, Chris Jericho was just screaming, I'm going to win. Uh, SP3, what did you think of the opening contest? I think this was the right decision, obviously. I think, I think Ricky Starks needs to win this whole damn thing, personally, especially if the result of the main event tomorrow night is what we all believe it's going to be. This is a great moment for Ricky Starks, and I think he needs to find a way to beat Brian Cage and then beat um, Ethan Page on Rampage next week. I think it was a fun way to kick off the show, uh, you know, instantly getting the crowd into things with the brawling backstage and then into the crowd. Uh, Lance Archer, I felt like this this book in the match in this way, it put over Lance Archer where Lance didn't even lose anything by losing in the in the matter that he did. And then especially what he did afterwards, he just lays out Ricky and choke slams him on the steel steps. Lance Archer is at this point where he he just has to cause destruction. He doesn't have to win matches. If he continues to cause destruction, he will continue to be over at the point he is. He won't get over more, but he'll be over at the point he is as the monster heel here in AEW. But I agree. I think that the whole reason they delayed this matchup for Ricky Starks to win, I think he's going to win. He, he won here. He's going to win tomorrow on the Zero Hour pre-show and then win on Dynamite against Ethan Page in the finals. Well, my opinion, I didn't like to, 
I, I would have picked that match up when they first went into the crowd. The backstage does nothing because you just see the two guys fighting and nobody running in, nobody trying to separate them, may restore order. But I would have picked them up when they first went into the crowd. I would have kind of grabbed my attention there. And then you could edit around the length of it. They was like in the back for at least a minute, right? Or more. Uh, a couple, yeah, at least two. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, show me something different. I mean, you don't really see guys, you know, in WWE, you don't see guys fighting out in the crowd. That was one of their no-nos when I were there. Do not go into the crowd unless it's instructed to do so. Because they're afraid of that, afraid of a fan getting hurt or something and going through a legal process. They don't want to deal with that. Apparently, Tony Khan don't give a crap. Well, that's I was going to say, it happens every other week in AEW. Say, well, oh, yeah, they don't care, you know. So, but the match was, and I like Ricky Stars. And I think he's a good choice to win this thing. And Lance Archer, I do agree with you. I hate to say this. I hate to say this, Rick, but I do agree with you that, I mean, his style gets over. He's a brawler. Take him out in the crowd, in, uh, in the parking lot. It don't matter. But I like if he's going to do something like that, have some people around. Like, if nobody's watching that, nobody cares. It's backstage. It's not like it's damn Madison Square Garden, like you got all that empty room. I, I do believe they set it up on on Dynamite, right? Didn't didn't Ricky say something about fighting him backstage on Dynamite? Yeah. And that's what Ricky because he attacked him backstage. That's what delayed the matchup. So he said that the fight on Rampage is going to start backstage. Yeah, okay. so they, they did set that up on Wednesday uh, mm-hmm. at a time, but I do understand uh, what you're saying, Dutch. Uh, due to time restraints, let's let's move ahead to the next match of the night, uh, which I missed because of a certain toddler getting out of bed. Uh, but Hook did retain the FTW championship uh, over Lee Moriarty, Mr. Chris Jericho. Um, SP3, I, I heard this was good. I heard the exchange of submissions was really, really good. Uh, what did you think about your boy Hook tonight? Yeah, the mat work was really good, and we saw like a different side to Hook. We've seen people who have been able to get offense in on Hook, but it's been ma- mostly because they've been bigger than Hook. Lee Moriarty isn't that, so Lee Moriarty used more of his wrestling experience to kind of ground Hook, get him into submission holds, but Hook showed that he is very good at submission and mat work himself, and he reversed uh, the Border City stretch, just quickly gets on the red rum, locks it in puts on the hooks and then he gets a, he gets the choke out victory so i think that it showed a different side of hook i thought it was a good a good wrestling match that even could have gone longer and i think it would have been even better but i thought what they gave us was good what were your thoughts dutch hook has a serious head of hair i will say that i think the next move they need to do is AEW needs to do they need to get a contract or some kind of a deal with that with a hair conditioner people and put a hook in it. You got his hair has grown at least two inches since I first saw him. What three, four, five? How long has he been working? A year. His hair is a lot longer now than it was then. But he still, but he still, he has that certain tension about him. You know, one thing we haven't talked about. They had four announcers tonight. What is the rule on that? Don't they have a cutoff points? At three, they had five one week, didn't they? But they stomp all over each other, so you cannot really get a uh, a sample of the match just by commentary, because they're saying all kinds of, kinds of things. But anyway, the match with Hook, very very good. But and what what is his record now? Sixteen and oh, no, yeah. I don't know why they don't pull the trigger on that kid and do an angle with him. I mean, a serious angle. I mean, I think that would get some heel, some heat if they if they put it on dynamite, then put it on rampage, and put it back on dynamite, then put it, and follow it through weekly. That's how you get heat on guys. So I don't I don't understand it. Speaking of uh, getting heat on somebody. Uh, let's talk about this heel run that uh, Athena finds herself on. Uh, she has been beating up enhancement talent week in and week out uh, on dark and, and elevation and all that. 
was not going to get anywhere level the heat that she got tonight when she decked uh, Aubrey Edwards after her oh, match. That was great. After her match with Madison Rain, she she decimated Madison Rain uh, tonight. Just beat her down into the ground. Um, I love what they have been doing with Athena because it's better than what they had been doing with Athena, which wasn't much. Even in her lead up to the match with Jade Cargill that she had, they weren't really doing a whole lot with her. I love that they're letting her show her aggressive side, her ground and pound side. And then after she decks Aubrey, SP3, we get Mercedes Martinez uh, that comes back. And I know she has missed time due to an injury. And I know that her her Ring of Honor World Women's title run has been hindered by that. You can go ahead and belt Athena in my book. Like I think that's that's the play to go. You don't have to do it today. You don't have to do it tomorrow. But I think that's the direction they need to go with this. I, I said this when I saw Athena on the independent scene as a heel. I was like, what was WWE doing? Why did they let this woman be a heel during her WWE time? Because she just seems like such a natural heel. Just the mannerisms, her charisma is out more. You even saw it in like the entrance when she's like talking trash to the crowd. She just has a different type of swagger to her and just has that extra bit of aggression that makes for a good heel. So I think that she just has to find the right baby face to attack, whether that's a like a willow nightingale or yeah. someone like that like that i think that will get the right amount of heat on her but if this is the woman's feud for the ring of honor women's world championship that they're going to do at roh final battle i agree with you rick i think that athena is the is the person to go with and put that championship on i like what we saw from athena tonight now i i, I would understand like because if, if you meet athena if you talk to athena she's like one of the sweetest people in the world. So I can kind of understand WWE's kind of mindset of thinking of, Oh, well she, people like her. She's a, she's a natural baby face as well. She's really good at both to be completely honest with you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you, man. This is, man, this, this, this is really, really good stuff that we've seen out of Athena. But what, but what was the thing you remembered out of that match more out of the match or the post-match Well, the post-match, let's say that. Uh, her decking Aubrey Edwards was the no was kidding. Spot. Yeah. So what are they going to do with that? That was that was great. That that got a reaction out of me. That, that's what I remembered. I don't give a crap about her being vicious and this and that. That can change on a on a dime. But that Aubrey Edwards went out of the ring, and guess what? She must be the most hated referee in the world. Not one male referee came out to check on her. She just laid there. She was out. So, but you heard the reaction of the crowd. That's what yeah. you want. That's, that's what that that that's what makes a, a spot yes. like that. That spot used to always matter when okay. a wrestler hit the referee. And I think they did a right the right thing of going three years of Aubrey Edwards kind of being the the dominant of all the referees, the one who didn't let all the nonsense that Rick Knox lets goes on, isn't as animated. She is animated, but she, yeah. she hasn't as animated as Bryce Rensburg or all those other guys guys she's kind of been that kind of like the senior referee of them all so to build it up to that athena i think this was the right thing to do to get athena some heat like i said i think she needs another baby face to attack that is loved by the yeah. fans but the way she did that with aubrey Edwards, that was the right thing to do to kind of solidify that she is a heel yeah that that well, one look. that one single punch did more to put any heat on her than the last several weeks of beating up enhancement talent. Nope, like they nope. did more with one punch than what they've done with her in the last four weeks. Now it begs the question, okay, did they really want that to mean anything or they just wanted her to just to hit the referee to show her, her bad side. I would tell you, you gotta, you gotta make that an angle now. I mean, Aubrey is, and as, um, uh, Mr. is asking here, Aubrey, Aubrey, Aubrey is over with, with the crowd in, in a big way. And you heard it from that, from that reaction. And she really is a, a, a central figure in AEW. She's on their, their weekly podcast series. Uh, so she, you know, yeah, she's somebody that you could do something with. I, I would find it to be interesting if Aubrey ends up being the referee, like you said, if you do ring of on you know, the ring, next ring of honor show, 
Uh, if it is Mercedes and it is uh, Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship, you have Aubrey, uh, who is the referee, testing her her limits there to call a match down the middle when maybe she has a grudge to hold against Athena for that cheap shot. Maybe that is the storyline that they uh, do moving forward. Uh, Super chat coming in from uh, Mr. Asking, why do they call Athena Fallen Goddess? No one has ever called her that. I bet you money. Nickname, you man. What? You want a bet? Okay, I'll take it. He, he, he bet he bet us five dollars. We win. Um, I mean, it's a nickname. I, I don't I don't know. I didn't get a chance to ask her about the whole fallen goddess last time I talked to her. So maybe I'll uh, bring that up uh, the next time that I get the uh, the absolute pleasure to talk to Athena because she's one of my favorite people to interview. Uh, moving on here, we had a a backstage segment to set up yet another match SP three for uh, full gear tomorrow. This one's going to be on the pre show. Uh, a 10-man tag match, the best friends against the factory, although we do have a very mysterious, very evil uh, 10th member uh, of this match, complete with his bag of teeth that is uh, set to be coming back uh, for this matchup. I enjoyed this backstage segment, especially when they handed Renee Paquette a VHS tape. Show of hands out there. Uh, how many Gen Zers out there have no idea what they handed uh, Renee Paquette tonight? Go ahead in the chat. Sound off. It's okay. It's all right. I barely remember VHS tapes. All right. But I remember <laughs> using the, I remember using the rewind machine. Y'all remember the machine that you had to have to rewind the damn tape because the VCR wouldn't do it back in the day, or at least wouldn't do it as fast. Anyway, I love the fact that they, <laughs> Dan Allison made a damn feature. And they handed her a tape, but they already had queued <laughs> <it> up. Yeah. <laughs> What do you need to hand her a tape for? I don't get it. That's what I'm saying. These that was Trent, that was Trent coming up big. That was Trent coming up big saying, don't worry. I already I already took care of it. It's on the Jumbotron. It's, it's fine. <laughs> but this this will be a good matchup tomorrow, and uh, I'm interested to see what they do with Dan Housen tomorrow, SP3. If it is Dan Housen, I don't know if it is Dan Housen. I, I I think it was too too obvious that it, like you should have you you could just advertise that it's Dan Housen <laughs> if it's gonna be Dan Housen I yeah, don't think it, it's gonna be Dan Housen. Dan Housen's face was going back and forth. What the I mean, hell? even even like on the match graphic though, the silhouette of the you know mysterious it was clearly <laughs> Dan Housen, but you know whatever. That this was a fun segment. I loved Renee. One of the things that makes Renee so valuable is her reactions with the talent and just the face that she made when she got handed the VH test tape. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> Was just absolutely good. I have no problem with them adding this uh, on onto the pre-show tomorrow night, even though what I think we're up to the 12 matches now. So the last match that closed There's out some people that don't watch the pre-show. So it's 10 matches on the main card. It's two matches. They yeah. you can pretty, pretty much skip. Ricky Starks is going to beat Brian cage <laughs> and the best friends are going to beat factory. Spoiler alert. <laughs> hey, but just cause it's obvious doesn't mean it won't be good. And hey, oh no, no, I think Ricky Starks and cage will be good. And I think, oh. I think orange Cassidy and uh, Dan Housen on the same team <laughs> against anybody will get somebody to laugh. Absolutely. Uh, we uh, had our main event tonight. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz against Takeshna and Mr. Akiyama. What's his name? Jun Akiyama. No, the other guy. Kenoshke to Takeshna. Say it again. It doesn't look why like... You, why are you doing that to him, Dutch? No. I got it right the first time. I don't want to attempt Takeshna. his first name again. I don't see an N in there. I'm sorry, my, my voice Kanosuke is going. I'm going to call him Takeshna. Takeputa. That's what I'm going to call him. Jesus. What would you think of the match, Dutch? Because I definitely don't think this is going to hey, be the last I, time these guys the match, go down. Kinda, the match was a match. They worked hard. I don't get it. Definitely seemed rushed at the end. It, it, you could tell they got the, the go-home call because I'm sitting here and I'm going, these dudes are still chopping each other. And we got 30 seconds left in the damn show. Yeah. Uh, but Akiyama did beat Ortiz with the Exploder. Um, this is a match that that Kingston has has wanted. Obviously, that was the story there, SP3. And the way that it ended uh, makes me think these two are going to meet again. Because they never really even got into the match at the same time. Anytime they make contact with each other, one of them was the illegal opponent. 
yeah, they they traded a few a few chops at the end there, but uh, nothing kind of definitive for what people wanted between the two men. But apparently, uh, Eddie Kingston promises a match tomorrow versus June Akiyama that Baba Anoke and uh, Ricky Dozen would be proud of. So apparently, we now have thirteen matches. We have a third match for for the pre-show as it's going to be Eddie Kingston versus June Akiyama at Full Gear. Okay, where is Full Gear? Where's the... In Newark, New Jersey. In Newark. And he's going to present a match that who's going to be proud of? June Akiyama and Eddie Kingston. No, I know, but who who do you say was going to be proud of? Anoki? Baba, Anoki, and Ricky Dozen. I don't know what the hell that could be unless it's exploding bombs out in the damn parking lot on an island. What else the hell can they do? So that's almost enough. They're going to chop the hell out of each other. See, that's what they're going to do, Dutch. Just to it's see what the. 20 minutes of chops. You know, but how many fans out there would really. Only your hardcore fans know who Ricky Dozan is. Only your hardcore. And they may know who Baba is and, you know, Anoki because he just passed away. But that's using references of 30 years ago, really. I mean, Dozen's been gone a long time. He was killed by a mafia guy, wasn't he, guys? What I heard. The Yakuza, I heard. Oh, well, well, stay away, stay away from those guys with no fingers. Anyway. So we're getting these kind of references on the same night that they pulled out a VHS tape. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, this is a classic. This is a what's a classic show tonight. Because so, if you so just what was your biggest issue with the show overall, Dutch? Because you, you, you came in hot. <laughs> I did think there were some things to like about this tonight. No, I didn't think either show was perfect, but I did think both shows had a lot to like tonight. There's things to like about a four-way car crash, too. If you want Name one. But some people may have survived. But this show here, now, granted, I haven't been paying that much attention to it because it hasn't grabbed me. But I think the match was scattered. I mean, the the angles are scattered. The announcers don't pull it together because there's too many of them. And I think their backstage interviews need to be cleaned up. I mean, they're just... to me, it's like to go in there and say, hey, get over there, get me a camera, get me a flashlight. And that's how they do it. I mean, it could be so much better. But you just can't go in there and throw it together and expect fans to understand it. I kind of understand what they're doing, and I still don't understand it. So, but a regular fan. And I think the time of the night, 10 o'clock at night, is late. When is the show coming on next Friday? Four o'clock. Four o'clock Friday. It might be a little early. Where can the people find us in the coming coming weeks? Yeah, so exactly. So starting next week, we are going to be moving over to Wrestle Binge by Sportskeeda. That is our sister YouTube station. Uh, So make sure to go over our channel, excuse me, station, channel in my actual day job. Our sister YouTube channel. Wrestle binge, all one word by Sports Kita. So make sure to subscribe there. Uh, that is where the show will be moving. This show will be moving starting next week, and we will have a special start time at ten oh five after SmackDown because again, Rampage next week is at four o'clock uh, in the afternoon. So uh, Dutch, you can use this uh, new fancy thing called uh, a DVR if you really want to. That's kind of like HS order nowadays. Uh, and then you can watch Rampage at seven if you want, and you know you can just get it all in. I could. And, and one, you know, sitting there. So yeah. I'll do that. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, we appreciate all the uh, the chats that uh, everybody has sent in, guys. Sorry we couldn't get to uh, all of them. Maybe I would have got to more if my computer didn't explode. But we are uh, out of time. Are we, we really? Back. Yes, we are. We, 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 we are 15 minutes over our allotted time. So I, I, I will take the blame tonight. I'll, I'll take the blame. I need to do a better job of being, you know, concise. Yeah, don't set your stuff on fire to to Uh, fade the show. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see next week if I can get through an entire show. Hopefully. 
Hopefully. It'll be the first time in like two months. Well, we miss you. I appreciate that. Thank we you. We really for, did miss you. I appreciate it. We did. That. We yes. did. Glad to have the three of us back. I did enjoy the House of Black vignette. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. I, I forgot to write a note about well. that, but that was very good. I would not be surprised, SP3, if we see them show up tomorrow night. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's all I'm going to say. We'll Hope be back. everyone enjoys full gear tomorrow. Enjoy. And we'll be back next week. Go home show for Survivor Series War Games. Get hyped, everybody. 10 o'clock next week. The smack talk on the for the final time on the regular Sports Kita YouTube channel. Enjoy your weekend, guys.